ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What do you do when no one else is watching? What do you do that makes you happy for no reason at all? What are you obsessed with? I'm Leslie Arfin, and I'm a writer, but I'm also a dancer, a painter, a vapor, a dollhouse enthusiast, and basically just an overall hobbyist. My podcast, Filling the Void, is all about what other people are fanatically into. We talk about hobbies, even if you don't have one. Listen to Filling the Void on Tuesdays on the Erios Network. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is The Cinemile, the podcast where we record our walk home from the movies. Uh, but we're, today we're driving and Kathy's holding the microphone. So God knows what this audio is going to be like later. <laughs> and I have, um, we haven't recorded an episode in a while because we kind of had, each had COVID at different intervals. And um, so we were supposed to go to Avatar a few weeks ago when it came out. We couldn't go because of COVID. Then Dave has gone without me and is now coming yeah, again I was I uh, recovered from Covid um, was testing negative and uh, so we thought look I'll why don't I go and then when you're better you can you can go so I went to see this last week Avatar the Way of Water is what we're talking about um, and then Kathy was and now Kathy's free and she was like okay I'm finally going to go to Avatar and I was like I think I'll go to Avatar as well why are you coming I again? don't know <laughs> well, I guess it's, I guess I must have liked it um, it is by no means <laughs> the best film ever but I don't know it's a real experience at the cinema right um, well I don't know I haven't seen it yet so don't spoil it for me well it's just, you know you know it's going to be a big cinematic spectacle it's it, a big 3D high frame rate event this is probably the only last time I'll ever see it in this format which I was very impressed by the, the visuals of the I can't movie. wait for the visuals yeah. why I'm and also Dave and I love James Cameron movies so while I truly have zero interest in this film because James Cameron made it I know it's going to be good and well I hope it's going to be good and I am really interested in seeing the technology like bringing 3D back again haven't seen a 3D movie in quite some time I th- I, this movie looks incredible and I, I'm looking forward to I mean look the story is very save, familiar save it for Sorry. after okay I'll save it for after but I will say up front and this is uh, this goes for anyone who's listening to this and hasn't seen the movie yet and is thinking about it this is for your benefit Cathy the there are a few things you need to know about the first Avatar going into this which you definitely don't remember because it was 13 years ago (laughs) you haven't seen it since and you Uh, have a terrible memory for movies right so spoilers now for Avatar 1 spoilers for the first Avatar okay so only tell me things I need to know couple of things you need to know um Firstly, they're blue. They're blue people. You will you remember the basic plot of Avatar, right? I don't need to explain that, right? Um, no, you don't remember it. No, you don't need to explain. Oh, it. don't need to explain. It. Okay, the, do you remember the bad guy, Stephen Lang? No. Okay, there was the bad guy. <laughs> he was like the the evil colonel dude. He has the big um, confrontation with Jake Sully at the end of the first film, and he dies. Okay. Okay. The bad guy dies. And Jake Sully leaves his body behind and becomes a permanent Navi. Okay? Mm-hmm. Also, Sigourney Weaver, who was another scientist, who was a good guy, dies in the first one. 
but kind of becomes one with the mother tree god or something. Please stop your turning me the off things, the film. These are the things you need to remember um, going into this movie. Okay? Okay. Are you pumped? Oh, you've, you've unpumped me for this movie. Well, here's the thing. My, in my, my first time I watched this, I spent maybe the first 45 minutes to an hour thinking, this is a chore. I hate it. I hate this movie. And then it just kind of, just like I just got into it. Um, and then by the end, I, I think I kind of loved it. It's okay. very entertaining. I'm very... Uh, I think you'll like it, Cathy. I'm overwhelmed and stressed by the duration of it and... But it doesn't It's never boring It's a James Cameron action movie It is long But it is never boring Look I'm going to withhold judgement Until we've seen it But I am um, I just want to say in advance That the duration has Properly stressed me out um, <laughs> Like we're going to a 7pm showing And we're going to get home At like midnight <laughs> I know <laughs> I'm okay with it though I mean we waited 14 years For another James Cameron film You I'll say waited every... I wasn't waiting I was quite happily watching Like True Lies And Terminator and stuff Well here's the thing I wasn't Ever excited for more Avatar, and it has become a bit of a sort of a cultural joke now. To be like, who wants these movies? And and everyone's laughing at the fact that there's you know there's four of these, two of them are in the can already, planned. Um, but what I was genuinely excited for is just the return of James Cameron, because yeah. I think he is an incredible singular filmmaker um, who you know, makes movies at a scale that no one else is making them at. You know, there's a fantastic GQ article with him, a profile that was released recently, which I recommend everyone read. Um, and he says in that, like, you know, I told the execs, the only way this thing is even going to, like, be, be break even or be worth doing more sequels is if it's in the top three highest grossing films of all time. <laughs> like, that's his aim. Like, he's not even aiming to, you know, like, make, make a profit. It has to be... The great, one of the biggest greatest whatever films of all time and he's done that before several times so I'm kind of like I don't know I'm kind of rooting for him I even though he's a like, narcissist James Cameron's so creative right he's such a creative guy that I feel like it, it's an awful shame to end the last 40 years of his career on Avatar but that's all he wants to do he wants to um, shame for us I mean he wants to go into the the, the depths of the ocean in submarines and make Avatar movies. Yeah. That's all he's interested in. So anyway. you, either, you either get you either get Avatar or you get no James Cameron movie. <laughs> um, anyway, we will be back soon. Well, I say soon, I mean in approximately five hours. Talk about this movie. We did have to drive because we're going to um, the biggest screen that's available in Cork in yeah. um, Man Point Cinema yeah. or Man Point Shopping Centre. Um, so we shall be there soon. Um, can't wait to see it I hope it's brilliant the fact that you're coming again gives me confidence and see you soon don't get your hopes up too much (laughs) bye bye the way of water connects all things before your birth and after your death this is our home I need you with me. And I need you to be strong. Strong heart. Okay, we're out um, of Avatar The Way of Water. And I can't believe you 
sat through that film twice. <laughs> you Are did, you okay? You like it. <laughs> it did feel longer the second time. It feels longer when you don't when you know what's happening. I was enjoying it, and tired. then I looked at my watch, and I was like, "Oh my god, there's an hour and a half left," and I nearly had a panic attack. <laughs> um, not to put aside the line for a second and just say like good things about the movie. Um, so no spoilers. No as spoilers. Always. Yeah, until we get Total. to spoiler street. But just kind of briefly, I mean, it looks incredible. I'm really glad we saw it in 3D. I'm surprised there weren't more 3D screenings. There seemed to be a lot of 2D ones. Um, so what did you think of the 3D high frame rate? Did you notice that? I, How smooth everything was? It looked amazing, yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, it looked really, really beautiful. And uh, I was sitting next to a kid who was like probably 11, so probably had never actually seen a 3D film in cinema because we were just commenting to ourselves how they just never see them anymore whereas there was a period like eight years ago where everything wasn't 3d um and that kid was like putting her hand out and like ooing and eyeing ah, and that cute. was really fun yeah um so yeah i think this movie is squarely aimed at 13 year olds like it looks great but i don't know because she was blatantly bored halfway through as oh, well really? and like talking to her mom and like it, there's, there's nothing to hold your attention i think and i think i guess i was glad you kind of explained a few things to me about the first one um but film to watch because you don't particularly care for the characters for a long time I couldn't tell any of them apart like it took me I just even be able to tell who was who um, and it just from memory I don't really remember the first one but I feel like this one has a slightly better plot um, I feel like maybe the story it's is a bit more interesting in this one we'll talk about that in spoilers yeah I think like the I think the story was interesting and more interesting than I remember the previous one being but that being said it, it did not sustain whatever the film was three and a half hours in terms of plot um, and I definitely felt a bit of an emotional impact from it but I was just gobsmacked I was watching why is Kate Winslet in this film like if truly if I hadn't been told she was in it I would have never known she was in it like I don't understand the point of casting famous actors in a film like this actually she had a really hard time working with James Cameron on Titanic as well so I think I'm surprised that she came back I just yeah, I just don't get, I, I was just watching the film well, being like it looks beautiful like it's truly truly beautiful and I love films that draw people back to the cinema and I'm really glad that he is bringing bums on seats in cinemas and like creating a cinematic experience but that's like all intellectual like when I'm actually watching it I'm like it's boring and so you were bored see I, I was not bored I've watched it twice now, and I have I have many many problems with the movie, but I am being bored is not one of them. Between I, the like hour and a half, two hour mark, I find it extremely tedious, and then it ramped up. At the beginning, like, I loved it. The middle, so it really liked. Yeah, but there's so much to look at. But after a while, my brain got used to looking at that stuff, and I was just like, I think I just I suddenly felt panic, like I felt like I was trapped underwater for another hour and a half with these characters. And I don't like scuba diving or anything like that. And I am asthmatic and get short of breath. And I just felt panicked being there. <laughs> you actually, can we tell people that you actually had your inhaler with you? I had my inhaler. I was like coughing during the film. <laughs> like, um, and I, just, I get that. Whereas I, I actually, I, we went scuba diving together before you knew you were asthmatic. And uh, I just loved it. I absolutely... So I, I particularly liked the underwater scenes. It did make me laugh at how much it showed up... Um, Black Panther 2 underwater scenes yes like how embarrassing to be the director of that film absolutely and bring it out a month before this Ryan, Co- Ryan Coogler is a great director but and, and look go listen to our thoughts on that 
but I think it was as we said it was a very deliberate choice to make it more realistic because he shot it very it's dark like it's dark under the water like that's a fact but the, like you just it's just grimy and boring and smudgy and everything's brown and it's ugly this film was like obviously not realistic but it's an alien planet but like it is reminiscent of our oceans but it's just so incredibly colourful and beautiful it's incredible the 3D and the, the high frame rate adds depth now back to the Kate Winslet why is Kate Winslet in this why did you know and this is a question everyone will level at this oh why do you hire Kate Winslet to hide behind a, a CG performance but <laughs> what I will say is that all I can judge is the result of that movie and I think that the the result is seamless to me that is one of the best like that is an what we just watched is an animated film it is like 99% animated right but the it, it is people animators professional um, visual effects people animating over performances and that makes a huge difference to the facial gestures to the way someone moves underwater and if you don't have that as a foundation the I knows the difference if it was just to be completely animated from oh I from think it looks brilliant so I think it do, I think putting them in a tank mate now I don't know if, I don't I don't know what the reason is for them to hold their breath for seven minutes at a time whatever but having actors who are good actors right very experienced actors put on suits and actually act with each other it, 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 it's it's there on screen I think I really what I'm more interested is. in is I'd love to watch half hour like behind the scenes on this and I think that would probably As be more, more interesting than the film itself. I'd like to watch a three hour behind the scenes <laughs> and I will um, so like I I'm, I really liked watching this again are I, you going to go for a third time? no I don't think so I don't, I'm really tired now but the um, <laughs> I'll say the things I liked about this film and then we'll get into spoiler street right I, I think I said it earlier there's just like this, this the scale that this film is operating at is just sensational it's very old school I liked that it was like a comfort watch in that it's the kind of simplistic storytelling of big blockbusters of the 80s and 90s right and that is a double edged sword because this film has no nuance it has no characters with depth or like you <laughs> saying Jake Sully doesn't have depth <laughs> it's just like fathers protect, fathers their, protect sons. their sons you know, there's you could and you could go to town on it for like reinforcing traditional patriarchal notions and things like that, and I and I will not defend any of that. But it is like it's it's a film directed by a sixty-something old man and written by him and several others. Um, so yeah, it's just old school. It's like it's like a Mel Gibson Braveheart era things where men are men and, and the teenage boys are rebellious and but look after your sisters. Inexcusably bad voiceover work, though, as in voiceover. Oh, script. the narration is yeah. terrible. Look, yeah. so it's a, yeah, there is a lot wrong with this film, but it's like to me, all that it, it, like it's all just really old school, fundamental, basic, bare bones, basic bitch storytelling, but. Like if I can park all that, it's effective, and the emotional beats are then effective. And I am, uh, I am a father. <coughs> excuse me, and we have a family, so you know a lot of that stuff is just gonna hit home at a certain at a certain level. So, and I'll talk about the things that I think are kind of wrong with the movie in um, in Spoiler Street. No, there's one thing I'll talk about before Spoiler Street. My biggest issue, the thing that I bump against in this movie so much, is is not like 
the clearly like like none of it's real. Like I I I think the world is so well realized. Oh, it looks real, I yeah. believed all of yeah. it, and I believe that these these characters, these CG characters, you spend. Like to think that I watched The Phantom Menace twenty years ago and like Jar Jar Binks was a thing, and now like we're watching entire movies with believable um, uh, creatures, whatever. But not all that I'm fine with. What really bumped me up was just the dialogue of the teenagers, who are the main characters of this movie, which does feel like they were written by a sixty-something-year-old man and and, and, and could have used a punch-up. Old people too. Uh, yeah. So you. So basically, this is the a sample of the dialogue from the teenagers uh, in in any moment they're like bro that was insane <laughs> hey cuz so good to see you bro <laughs> so that was like they were one step away from saying that was wizard <laughs> like I just felt like it, it, it I felt like it's it, it, like if you sent me into a group of Gen Z's and asked me to speak their language that's what this what it would sound like like yeah. it, it did not feel authentic if they had said bro or cuz one more time to, to each other I would have lost my mind it's also very strange because um the the kids are like native Navi indigenous people right but then the kids their accents are all over the place like there's no consistency in how anyone's speaking and um, I was also really confused that Zoe Saldana's character was in it and realised I'm actually getting her mixed up with her character in Guardians Avengers Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, yeah and I was like what am I watching and I thought if Sam Worthington only makes Avatar movies but Zoe Saldana She only in, paints herself in different colours She's in is she in Star Wars as She's well? in Star Trek She's, so she's in Star Trek yeah. She's in Marvel And she's in Avatar That's huge blockbusters Yeah 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 Like she must just be back to back And she's good Insane film One problem I have with this movie is They sidelined her She's pretty sidelined well, both parents are, though, to be fair, because as you said, it's about the teenagers. Yes, but she's more sidelined than Jake Sully, so they made way more room for for him, even though she's way more interesting than him. Yeah, she's way more interesting. Yeah. I just couldn't even remember. Actually, do you know what? Let's go to Spoiler Street. Yeah, now. let's um, go to Spoiler Street. Let's go to Spoiler Street. So, okay. like, would, Cathy, would you recommend it to people, though? Do you th- I think people should see this in, in cinemas. It is long, but look, I think it's it's got broad family appeal. I think it would work for... Teenagers, you know, 11, 12 year olds. It's exciting, it's got adventure, it's got villains who are villains. Do you know I what would I mean? say, like, yeah, but like, we went at 7 pm and that's too late already. Uh, so I would say, yeah, if, you, if you can get like earlier in the day, and like, I don't think any kid under 12 could watch it because I think it's too long. I actually just don't think they could sit through it um, with any level of interest. And I, I do think, like, I cannot believe they've made another one already. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. See the can, baby. I don't think I could sit through another one. I don't think I'd watch another one. I just want to see how it all pulls together. Don't care. Or leads into two more movies. Like this Um, film had an ending. Like I don't understand what I liked. Okay, actually, one thing I wanted to say: what I did like before Spoiler Street. Um, I love the underwater stuff, and that we're seeing a different part of Navi. So before we've obviously seen like the forest Navi, where what's the place called? Sorry, Pandora, and now we're seeing like underwater Pandora. Right. Yeah, and it was nice experiencing a sort of. The differences between these yeah, two cultures. Yeah, so I really and, enjoyed that. So and, I think, and the biology, how they would have evolved differently. Yeah, so I think there's a lot to mine in the world. What I'm not <coughs> interested in, like the world is so cool, right? I, yeah. I'm very happily sit in the world, explore the world, see how the different creatures look and interact. I don't care to see this family again. Like I'm done with Jake Sully. Like I'm good. So, but Kathy Sully stick together. The, um, the thought they, of coming back to watch another plot with this group is dull as. 
as anything. But they're obviously. Do you think they're gonna? Is he gonna steal from his um, his rival and superior product, Avatar: The Last Airbender? <laughs> and are they gonna do like? Because that had book that had different books, I was and it was air, fire. water, yeah, I was fire. The same. So are they gonna? Yeah, is it the, the, way, the way to... of air, the way of fire? I think the next one's like they live in volcanoes. <laughs> yeah. um, but the I, volcano navy. I loved the shift to the water world because it would have been really dull if they stayed in the forest world. But other than that, I can't. Anyway. Plus, it's what James Cameron is loves and obsessed with, and so he basically got to like combine all his passions, underwater and Avatar, into and one movie. So, and Titanic, yeah, there's Titanic stuff in this. But so, the other thing is, like, what I find it weird about these movies is, you know, his other films, like, say, Terminator. It's got such a long life because you can watch it at any point, and and we watched it actually relatively recently for our Patreon and loved it. Um, what's so weird is that this has no life outside of a cinema. Like, why would you watch this film at home? Yeah. Why would you I watch it in two D? Why would you watch it on a small screen? And I know, screen? and I know, I, I am. I just watched it twice, but I, I, it is. I do it, did it for the cinema experience. Yeah. yeah I would. Ne- I'd never throw this on of an afternoon. I, ca- I can't see. You know the way. <laughs> you so never watch it if it was so like. So much on money is made back after the cinema on like streaming services, DVD sales, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Like if James Cameron needs this to be the third highest grossing movie of all time in the current climate when it's really difficult to get people in cinema. And I and the other thing to say is I just it. don't think it can capture the imaginations of people now as it could in 2009 because our attention spans are more that there's way more like things to watch there's but also TV it's just shows not new. and movies like, and we've everything we've all seen Avatar already yeah like, exactly it's not exciting like I know he's changed it and it's water and not forest but like it was just a, it was a big event in 2009 but now we have what Game of Thrones and Stranger Things they're the things that capture people's imagination like Glass I think right? if Glass Onion had actually been in the cinemas it would give him this such a run for its money um, so anyway I'll I don't know about a run for its money but it would have eaten away a bit yeah it would have um, could, now that being said the, that the cinema we were in today it was on at least like six screens at the same time as we got there so it's definitely pulling in money we, watched, just, we watched Glass Onion today as well we're having a great day yeah. we'll, we'll cover yeah, yeah. that later but there's just nothing else to watch in the cinema so I don't know if it's because there was nothing else to release or everyone's steering clear of Avatar but that will be helping it yeah, we're nearly home should we talk about nearly some spoilers home. on to Spoiler Street so spoilers um, now spoilers turn away if you don't want to know the two spoilers. Avatar movies um what maybe annoyed, Titanic The main thing that annoyed <laughs> me about this film That absolutely infuriated me Sorry, two things Go on The first one Is that Sigourney Weaver A 70 year old woman yes, Is the a voice, year old. Is the voice Well if a 60 something year old man Can write bro and cuz <laughs> Then sure Sigourney Weaver Can be a teenager so, Every time she spoke It was disorientating It was jarring The character was really like Manic, pixie, dream Teenage Mope Annoying oh, I emo. I, I, I couldn't say, stand the, the teenage. Girl. I think all your criticisms are just and valid, but I kind of liked Kiri <laughs> or whatever she was called. She was likable. I liked at the end when she like had her fairy wings on and like directed all the. Oh my god, that was fish. beautiful! All the, the yeah, the, the just, colorful, luminescent. It just annoyed. It was like, why does Sigourney? We- I get that it's supposed to be her daughter or her reincarnation or something. But why does Sigourney Weaver need to be in this film and vo- like give a teenage actress a go like? That stuff just annoys me. And then the other thing that really annoyed She's me... She's a mysterious daughter. They're like... The kid. <laughs> the, the human kid. Oh, spider, yeah. Who now that like, white kid with, like, dreadlocks and who... Who seems to have... A, this tiny oxygen mask that has infinite oxygen. Like, this <laughs> yeah. thing makes no sense. By the end of this film, the kid isn't living around any other humans anymore. He just seems to live in this water world. Where is he getting the oxygen top off? What are you talking about, cuz? So, unless he's going to get that... 
winged thing is going to live on his back or something. Like, this kid is not long for this world. I, but I, the thing that annoyed me most, like, infuriated me and just made me roll my eyes up to heavens. Why did he rescue that avatar of his dead dad whose dedicated mission is to kill Spider's family? Yeah. And, I, and will not stop until he's killed them. I think Spider just couldn't let him... Look, I agree. He's not, a, a, he's not even a the, sentient being. It's a clear decision. It's a decision that you're looking at, like an audience, like obviously saying, "Don't do that." But he w- he couldn't let him die. And I thought the movie did somewhat of a good job of establishing that he had built a rapport with um, with Blue Blue Stephen Lang. Yeah, but it's um, his fault that like his best mate, that brother, died. Like he, he's actively destroying this family. That is his adopted family. Yes, but also there was a few other moments which they see it in. One, he um, he sees Jake and Natiri in a new light in that video early on of his actual father's death, um, where he sees them a little bit bloodthirsty. Two, he sees her and gets scared of her, and then she holds him to ransom. And then also... Um, the um, blue Stephen Lang I forget his name Quidditch or something <laughs> was Quidditch um, he Quaritch he um, he lets um, Kiri go to save Spider's life so he does express some sort of emotional connection with Spider yeah but he's right. just a brain chip in an avatar's body like he's not a person oh wow well, you want to get into this because he has a personality right but you're, he's dead. His dad's dead, though. This is just like a computer yeah, formed, that has memories. But he's formed a relationship <laughs> with the blue avatar of his dead dad, like. And then the other thing that annoyed me. And is he calls him son at the end. For a film that's three and a half hours long, they certainly left out a massive piece of plot, which is where they kidnap Spider. Um, Ed Falcon, who I enjoyed in it, is like torturing him, and then uh, the bad guy's like, "No, no, he'll come with oh, me." Is that who that was? Yeah, and then the bad guy's like, "Oh, he'll come with me." And then next thing, him and Spider are like flying in the air, searching all the the oceanic planes for the family. And I'm like, how do they know the family have gone there? Yeah. Like, and they, also, they actually skipped a whole bit of plot then. And I was like, well, if you're going to make me sit here for this long, I want every fucking. Well, no, plot they, point. they know they've gone to the ocean because they get that rogue. Um, they get the rogue um, uh, beacon from the the um, the helicopter when they go to when the scientists go to help. But that annoyed them. me too. When they phoned the scientists to come and help their daughter, why didn't they ask the native people of the water to help them first? And secondly, how do they have contact with them? Because Jake Sully has radio comms. They they've by all accounts travelled thousands of miles. But those it's human technology. They've they've conquered. I guess worlds. that stuff just really annoyed me. I just I yeah. Mean, I'm, I'm I'm okay with that stuff. What annoys me is that um um. The the plot like well just to just to pick up on that bit where Spider goes off with them and then Quaritch has this whole thing where he's like we we must eat the Navi food speak the language do the thing and then they don't do any of that they like he does tame they tame the, the they tame the wild beasts but then they just storm into villages in their in their military outfits and just like burn people's houses down for no reason it's just like so it's just like. Aren't so we not undercover, make, shouldn't like. you be experiencing yeah show us you actually doing any of that stuff and then go eventually and maybe this is what's going to happen in Avatar 5 oh, go on the journey that Jake Sully went in in the first one and actually discover that the local indigenous people are nice and interesting I so, guess it's supposed to be like a representation or a metaphor for the 
American soldiers in Vietnam and what they used to do to the locals. That's kind of the vibe I Amongst was getting. other things, and and the um, the Native Americans and the British, um, you know, and and look, this movie Avatar One has been criticised to no end over the past ten years for being like a rehash of Pocahontas and yeah, like whatever, the like white we, saviors. but like, and yeah, those are valid criticisms, but but like like that's like just like these stories need to be told I'm, I think and like fine like, but like don't criticise like every story is based on, a lot of stories are derivative of other stories that's fine like we use templates and mythologies all the time yeah but if you're going to so, make the most expensive film ever made I actually don't think you can be aping other plots and be too lazy to come up with your own plot no yeah and look I'm, I'll, I'll set it at the top I don't think this has anything going for it from a story perspective mm-hmm. but I will say if and I said the same thing about Don't Look Up which also got just like mercilessly skewered by critics for being too obvious and on the nose but this is if this is going to be Avatar was one of the biggest movies of all time this is going to make huge bucks and reach a load of people if you want to shoehorn in a very fucking on the nose obvious ecological message which is slapping you over the face there's no ecological message in this one yes there is Human beings are coming in from the very beginning, destroying forests, killing whales, um, not paying attention to was, indigenous creatures, I, destroying so, ecospheres. I don't think that was a message of the film at all. What? They, they never went to any lengths to do any of that. The message, I the thought messages? this was an anti-war film. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, sure, there's that an as well. An anti-arriving in other people's lands and this trying this, to this movie, colonize this them. movie's very much like, look at the beauty of nature. These these people are in touch with nature and balance and harmonious and we human beings are the bad guys I don't think he was making that overt a point though I just don't even think he went there um, the other thing that made what? me laugh how are we on such a, I'm like it was so obvious that it's slapping people over the head and you're like it, 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 no it's I think what's obvious is that James Cameron has got too much money and is so self-indulgent now that he just I want to make a film that's set in the water I'll pay little to no attention to the plot. I won't have any overt messages, and I just want to focus on like kids swimming around on backs of whales and stuff. And I just think he's become too self-indulgent. And I think like when it literally turned into the final act of Titanic, I was like, he's not even being original now. He's just dipping into his own back catalogue. Like it was fully the lower decks of Titanic for twenty minutes. Yeah, time. very much so. Look, like I it just felt that. like that just felt lazy to me. Like okay, grand, you've done it before. Can you do something different? Like I think. Okay, look, here's the third the one's in the can. If I don't think the fourth and fifth will ever see the light of day, I would be surprised if we got there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just can't see why. Even if, I think by like, the time we got to a third, it would run out of steam. Yeah, like there, there was. Yeah, the, yeah, I think. Like, there's been a fair enough gap between these two, so there's like some level of interest again. But the other one, if it's already shot, will presumably come out soon enough. And then it's like I'll be there. I'll go no, twice. There's no episode <laughs> left. Um, but I'm, re- I'm frankly, I'm really, I'm really, just dis- really disappointed. This is where James Cameron's ending his career. I think it's an awful shame. I think it looks beautiful, but and that's cool. But like, I just think it's an awful shame. Like, I can't believe this is the man who made Terminator. Did, but did, did like, did he ever? And like the, his stories were always very kind of basic and simple. Anyway, he's creative he was, he and he's was, doing different stuff. Like I can't believe. Like he's always been a like he's always been a visual. He's never been renowned for his storytelling. I would say. I I think he's. No, but I'm saying just to make the same film over and over again. Like that's so boring. Yeah, there is a lot. There's a lot of retreads between this and the first one. Yeah. Like it's basically instead of 
It's the first one is Jake Sully human enters community, and this is a valid criticism which has been leveled at it. The the sort of uh, white savior thing, you know, mm. it's like a human being enters indigenous uh, colony, masters it. This is like Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. Masters it better than anyone yeah. has ever in the quickest time possible. Becomes their leader, mm-hmm. which he is in this movie. I'm like, why isn't Natiri their leader? Yeah, it doesn't make why any sense. Why is Jake Sully the leader? Was Natiri um, a human before? Was she always... No, she was... She, she, she's always Yeah, she's always okay. Um and, and, and then, But then this movie is Jake Sully and family do the exact same thing with a water tribe. And yeah. they were like, you can't master our ways. And then cut to, you know, montage and... They're, they're and better than anyone else. implication <laughs> that Sigourney Weaver was like assaulted while she's in a coma. No, I'm very much on on the uh, uh, immaculate conception. Same, um, but it was very yeah. strange. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was... think there's just something weird about a director who's like he very famously has worked with Sigourney Weaver and Kate Winslet before. Yeah, digging into the back catalogue of actors gets really <laughs> dull for me as well. Like. But it's Sigourney Weaver as you've never seen her before. <laughs> as a 17-year-old girl. What more do you want? Um, yeah, I just... Yeah, the, I, I, <coughs> yeah I'm, I'd love to know what our listeners think of this. Me like, too. I think I, I'm like... I'm, you're the first person I've spoken to about this movie because we've had COVID <laughs> and I haven't seen anybody else who's, who's seen it. So yeah, talk to, talk to us, guys. Um, very keen to hear your thoughts. I can, I can see people... I, I completely... Um, get why this wouldn't vibe with you or with anyone else I don't think it is I, I can see someone saying look this is shit storytelling this is three and a half hours long what's the point yeah. but f- for me it just worked for me because I was just I just want to be I just want to sit back look at pretty stuff be entertained and at massive scale I want to sit and back I and be entertained it. too and there's just there's, <clears throat> I think there's truly no way to keep the pace of a movie that's this long well, like, t- well, here's the, the thing. That's really good. There's a bit in this movie that I thought was brilliant, and I loved it, which was the battle scene with the giant whale, who's the outcast, who's like, "Well, if I'm going to be an outcast anyway, I'm going out swimming." Yeah, and he that whale he attacking that those humans awesome. because of those awful men who've been hunting all the whales. Plus, that plus Jermaine was, Clemens for some yeah, reason. Yeah, that stuff was epic. Yeah. And when they were like, "Oh, we take this like liquid out of the whale, and that gives infinite human life," I was like, "Wait, this is all really interesting." Like, I was really into it then. Yeah. So there, I'm not at all saying there weren't bits I didn't enjoy because I actually did enjoy most of the film. There were some great set pieces. It's more that it's like, it's lesser than the sum of its parts. By the end, when you pick it apart, well, you're it, like, okay, there was some good bits in I it. I agree. There's, it's very thin on, on story. Like yeah. the story is, this is literally the story. <clears throat> kids get kidnapped. Kids get rescued. Kids get kidnapped. Yeah. Some kids get rescued. Those kids go back to get the other kids. Now they get kidnapped. Yeah. Like there's literally the movie makes fun of itself when the little cute little girl She's goes so like, cute. "I've got I'm handcuffed again." It's like, and then it takes even though just, they all say, "I very see you" to each other, it takes Jake the whole movie to <coughs> truly see his son. But yeah, like, I never saw you until now. But there's so there's loads of bits that are good. I just the end product I don't get. It's interesting that you think there's an ecological message. I didn't even get that. Like. I wow. came out of the cinema being like, what was the that? point of that? Other than James Cameron showing off his water technology. Yeah. Which, granted, is very lovely. <laughs> no, I mean, it looked incredible. Yeah, it's incredible looking. Like, the water stuff. I like, feel like in the first movie, which was obviously a long time ago, and I, I'd, lo- I'd, I'd love to not sit through it all again in the cinema, but see a bit of it again in the cinema to, to remind myself them. how it looked. I feel like in the first film, it was very obvious who the actors were. You could... Whereas in this film, I like I would never have known it was Zoe Saldana. I mm. feel like they were less 
like themselves in this film. I, I, I think she looks pretty much the same. She would they, no, consistent. I think if you put them side by side now, I'd say they look quite different. Like this is so advanced. Yeah, but I mean, it, w- it would have looked like Zoe Saldana. I, I don't guess, know. The yeah. character would have looked the same. I also think I'm getting up, more mixed up between her in Guardians of the Galaxy and her in Star Trek. Like, it's getting very confusing. Yeah. She seems to play very similar characters. Well, to be fair, in Guardians of the Galaxy, she's just wearing makeup. Like, she's not a CG character. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, anyway, right, we, we should go. Leave it there. Um, thank you, so, everyone, for listening. Please message us what you thought on the... We're at the, the cinemile, cinemile at com or the cinemile on Twitter or Instagram or Letterboxd. Um, or come over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash cinemile. Yeah, we're about to watch Cool Runnings. Yeah, Cool Runnings is our December movie watch. Can't wait for that. Uh, Really can't wait for that. Um, And our end of year reviews are coming up next. We're going to record them in a couple of days. Yeah. And we'll hopefully, we've watched Glass Onion, so we'll do something on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, bye. Bye. I see you. I see you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. We host the Holderness Family Podcast every Tuesday. You may know us from the silly videos that we make online. Or a book about marriage called Everybody Fights. Or as winners of season 33 of The Amazing Race. Still can't believe that happened. Listen, we do a lot of stuff, but our podcast is our most favorite thing. Yeah, because every week we get to sit down face-to-face, talk to each other about marriage, family, mental health, or just anything that we want to know more about. Sometimes we have expert interviews, sometimes it's just us, but our goal is to bring some joy and laughter into your life every week. Our other goal is that maybe you will learn something as well. Right. So search the Holderness Family Podcast and check out our most recent episodes. We have one about staying organized with creators of the home edit. And one about being diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. We hope you'll join us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.